you guys. First episode of Fun on Weekdays podcast of 2023, and it feels freaking good to be back. It also feels a little weird, to be honest. I'm recording in a new space, not a new space, but mainly just a different side of the wall. I have a second camera this year, and I cannot start this episode without acknowledging the fact that it only took me a year and a half to finally get some intro music. If you guys have listened to my podcast before, you know that you could no sooner press play on the podcast before I would just immediately start blabbering, oversharing very intimate details of my life. And now, luckily for you, you have about five seconds of buffer time to really mentally prepare for my episodes. <laughs> Since it is my first episode of the new year, I figured there may be some new listeners here. So I wanted to welcome you to Fun on Weekdays podcast and reintroduce myself, whether you're new here, you're a longtime listener or you're my mom, dad, or grandma who's listening to this episode the very second it comes out. Welcome, you guys. I'm so happy you're here. And I have a fun episode planned today. I figured we could go back in time and talk about who I was before I started Fun on Weekdays, what it was when I started, what was the reasoning behind it, and kind of catch you guys up to speed on some of the things that have happened over the past year and a half and what Fun on Weekdays means to me now so you can know exactly what to expect in this podcast moving forward. So let's just get right into it. I'm your host. My name is Jenna Palick and a little bit about me. So I grew up in Painesville, Ohio, but I always tell everyone that I grew up in Cleveland just because it's the only recognizable city in about like 40 miles distance. So it's about 40 minutes east of Cleveland and small town. My parents went to my high school as well. They met in high school. My mom went to Kent State. My sisters went to Kent State. My aunt and uncle went to Kent State. My papa went there and no surprise here. I went to Kent State. <laughs> so small town and growing up in high school, I was super involved. I just like loved having my hand in so many different things, whether it was like cheerleading or drama club, student council, all the things that I possibly could. But my favorite thing about high school was this job that I had at my local mall, Mentor Great Lakes Mall. If you're from the area, oh, you guys know it. I actually went home recently and I was getting my nails done at the mall because I was very desperate, to be honest. I didn't know where else to get my nails done. So I walk in and the old justice is now replaced with a peace and love store. And I'm just, I'm genuinely so confused. We don't even have an H&M anymore. About half of the mall is closed, just unrecognizable. But the one store that is still there is American Commodore Dress Shop. I started working there in high school and I was obsessed. I sold homecoming dresses, prom dresses, bridesmaids, and on the other side of the store was a tuxedo rental shop. So I worked there in high school. I sold dresses and I was obsessed. The first dress I ever sold, and if you've listened to my podcast before, you've followed me for a while, then you already know this story. I'm so sorry to reiterate, but this has so much importance on where my life has gone. So a very defining moment in my life, which I didn't realize was defining at the time, was when I sold my first dress. A young girl came in and she was looking for a prom dress. She had a pretty strict budget. I believe it was around like 200, 250. And she fell in love with this dress in a bag. And it was a three-piece Sherry Hill dress. I'm going to have to upload a photo so you guys can envision what it was. And um, her mom didn't necessarily want her to try it on, but... I clip her into it and I like get her some shoes and some accessories while we're in the dressing room getting her all. Oh, that sounded weird. I wasn't like changing her, but you know what I mean? I was like trying to get her into the dress. Okay. I don't need to like, I don't need to go any further. I'm digging myself in a hole now. But so she comes out of the dressing room 
And I remember her mom just like started crying and then she started crying and it was just this like really special moment that I got to be a part of. So she comes out and she's just stunning. They're both crying and the dress was, I believe like $550. It might've been even more than that with tax and everything. And obviously it was very far out of their budget, but the mom agreed to put the dress on layaway. And from that moment forward, knowing that it was a Sherry Hill dress, I just had this like really deep connection, I guess, to Sherry Hill. And I said in that moment, I'm going to work for Sherry Hill one day. And so when I went to college at Kent State, I studied fashion merchandising. And my goal was to work for Sherry Hill. Sure enough, the summer of my sophomore year, this is 2018, I believe, trying to do the math in my head. I applied for a summer internship at Sherry Hill. I applied just like any normal person. They had an application on their website. I wrote my little essay prompt and I included my resume. And at the time I had been working vigorously to build my resume to get to a point that when I was going to apply to the Sherry Hill job that I had relevant experience and I would like potentially be considered. So that included working at a dress store in high school. But then when I went to college, I also sold t-shirts and kind of like custom promotional items from university tees. And if you guys are in college right now, or you're familiar with university tees, they do a ton of Greek life t-shirts, student organizations, dance marathons. And it was a great, amazing company. I worked there all throughout college. It kind of became like my personality. And so I applied for the Sherry Hill job And I ended up getting it and I'm freaking out at this time. I lived in my sorority house. This is sophomore year and I was in alpha fee, by the way, AOE. And I had just gotten through a breakup of six years. And I don't like to dwell on that because he was a great part of my life by all means. But I feel like that breakup was a turning point in my life because I was with someone for six years. I felt like all of my goals had kind of revolved around a future that I was planning with him. And they weren't necessarily my own individual goals. Because if I sat down and asked myself, if I wasn't dating him, like, who am I to my core? What are my actual aspirations? And Sherry Hill is not in the city where he would potentially be living. So I could say that I wanted to work for Sherry Hill all along, but I feel like there was a sense of doubt that I would ever actually commit to it almost. Um, And there was also this sense of doubt that it would ever actually happen to me because it just felt like it was this dream that was so unattainable. It was so out there and it's such a big company, like great name, all these things. And so when I got this job after the breakup, I ended up moving to Austin, Texas for the summer. I was one of 10 interns and this is the summer that I met Lily DeVries, who is one of my absolute best friends now. She will literally be in my wedding and I had the best summer of my life. I felt as though it was the first time that I kind of explored who I truly am, what I'm good at. Um, I faced like loneliness and insecurities, but I also found confidence. And I felt this really weird sense of comfort being in Austin in a city where no one knew me, coming from a small town where everyone knows everyone, my parents know everyone, and you're kind of limited on who you can become based on people's perceptions of who you were years and years and years ago. And I've said this on the podcast before, who I was in high school is not a clear representation of who I am now. And I don't mean that in a bad way, but just I was insecure. I really relied on what people thought of me. And to an extent, I still do that. 
Um, but I mean, you're in high school. When you stay in this bubble of what people thought of you at one point, it's like hard to get out of there. And so when I moved to Austin, I felt like it was my first opportunity to not rebrand myself, but rediscover myself in a way. I felt kind of limited in a sense. And so after that first summer, I was dead set on moving to Austin, Texas. It was the only goal that I had going through the rest of my college years. I just wanted to graduate and move to Austin. So the following summer, 2019, I ended up coming back to Austin and I worked for Sherry Hill again. And I wasn't an intern this time. I was just working full slash part-time. Like I was working a nine to five throughout the week, but I was just doing it for the summer. I was paid $15 an hour and the summer prior, I wasn't paid for the internship. So I um, had to obviously pay for that on my own. Austin is not cheap. Second summer, I was making a little bit of money and paying my way to stay here again. I subleased some apartments in UT and I just told myself like anything is possible at this point if I just make it happen. And that is now one of my mottos that I say all the time. It's something that I just truly believe and something a high school teacher told me was make it happen. And it's just three simple words. It's very cliche, but it's so true. And I've now told myself that anything I want in the world, no matter how crazy the dream is, how unattainable the goal may seem, you can make it happen as long as A, you believe it and B, you actually work for it and you put your best foot forward and you're persistent. Anything that you want can happen if you make it happen. So after that second summer of working at Sherry Hill, the summer is wrapping up and I am sitting over here trying to figure out, okay, how am I going to ask them if I can come back next summer when I'm graduated and come here full time? So I end up redoing my resume. I print it out and I have a meeting with the CEO. I take it over to him and I kind of do a review of what I've done in the past year. And I've stayed in touch with Sherry Hill at the time, which by the way, I have to mention, they're a very small family owned business. So when you think of them, if you're familiar, they sell prom dresses, pageant dresses, they're getting into bridal and it's a big name. So you'd think that it's a huge company and it's not. There's maybe like 10 to 15 employees and probably half of them are family. So they don't just like bring people on. And I'm nervous because I don't know, I'm just going straight to him and basically asking for a job. So I sit down and I tell him, you know, I've loved working here. If there's any opportunities to join your team full time, I'll be graduating in May. And actually, I, I just now realized this. Um, we had kind of actually talked about me staying and finishing my my last year online. Like that is how committed I was to this. It was Sherry Hill or nothing. And I ended up going back to school. And sure enough, I'm finishing out my senior year. I'm living in my sorority annex house with seven other girls. It was called Fever. And if you live in Kent, Ohio, or you go to Kent State, it's this big blue house on Summit Street. It's 528 Summit Street. It used to be an old fraternity house. And then my sophomore year, we took it over. It's now an Alpha Phi Annex house. I don't know if it still is, but on the back patio, I spray painted fever in pink letters and it's very, very worn off right now. But I finished out my senior year living in this house. I was bartending at the time downtown Kent. I was making cash on the weekends. I was spending a lot of time saving money and I was so committed to like building my resume my senior year and trying to get involved in different ways that I could. So I was on student government my senior year. Um, I was 
doing really, really well at the time for University Tees trying to build my sales portfolio because if I did go work at Sherry Hill, I would want to be on their sales team and go to market, sell to wholesalers, have different accounts, help them with their assortment, all those things. Um, despite common belief, I did not go to fashion school to learn how to dress myself. So if you come at me and say that you hate my style and it doesn't make any sense because I went to fashion school, I am here to tell you that I went to fashion school to learn the business side of fashion. Merchandising is about planning and buying, assortment plans, six-month pl- uh, six plans, all of those different types of things. I was never, I guess I, I consider myself kind of like a creative person, but when it comes to styling myself or interior decorating, that is, that is not in my wheelhouse by any means, and I'm sure you've seen it on TikTok. So I'm having a great time, and all of a sudden in March... Um, our bar manager tells us that we're closing the bar. And the last time that I went out in Kent, Ohio, at least pre-COVID when things were like really crazy before things changed, was fake Patty's Day. And I reminisce on that day a lot, not only because I looked so freaking good, but because it's just one of my last memories that I have in college. And so it makes me so sad to know that a lot of people missed a couple years of college and you had a different experience because of COVID. But I think one good thing that did come out of COVID was just my relationship with my friends and spending less time being distracted by life and more time looking inward, if that makes sense. So sure enough, one week of the bar closing turns into it's closing indefinitely until the foreseeable future. And we're spending a lot of our time in our annex house playing beer ball. We're playing Mexican domino trains. We're having movie nights, building forts in our living room. We actually had a night where we turned our entire house into a bar crawl. So the different rooms in the house would be the different bars in Kent. And it was just so fun. I'm sure I have pictures and videos to share with you, but I really reflect on some of those last months at Kent and I'm so grateful for the memories that I made, even though the circumstances were obviously not ideal. And um, I was spending a lot of my nights basically on LinkedIn searching frivolously for a job after I graduated because, like I said, my one and only goal in life was to move to Austin. Valentine's Day is coming up fast, and if you're stumped on what to get your special someone, Macy's has you covered with their gift finder. They have amazing gifts at any price from Lux to $25 and under. Need more inspo? Check out these great ideas at Macy's.com forward slash gift finder. You can also find my landing page at Macy's.com forward slash FOW. So sure enough, one night I find this job posting for TikTok. And again, this is a story that has been beaten to the freaking ground. Okay, I'm going to get through it really quick. But it was for an account manager role in Austin advertising at TikTok. I just see like lights go off above and it's just like a sign. It's a sign to me. This is how I'm going to get to Austin. So I spend the entire night making my resume and I fall asleep. I wake up the next morning. I go to submit it. Job posting's gone. And so I'm just like, I don't even know the emotions that I felt at the time to speak on it now because I think I was just so I was annoyed. <laughs> I, w- I felt defeated. I had applied to so many other jobs and I didn't get any responses or I interviewed places and it just didn't feel like a good fit. And anyone who's going through the job process right now of interviewing, just know that you're going to get probably a hundred no's before you finally get your one yes. And just be persistent. My mindset was always, you know what? Someday all these people that denied me 
are going to look back and wish that they would have snagged me when they could. And so I used every no as a motivation to go out and find that yes. So I just didn't want to take the no from TikTok because I insisted in my mind that they didn't mean to say no, (laughs) that if they saw my resume that maybe, just maybe I would have a chance. And so at the time I had LinkedIn premium, I saw I was not even in the top 50% of their applicants, which by the way, like get LinkedIn premium if you're applying for jobs right now. It's super, super helpful to see what types of skills other people have that are applying for the role to see kind of like where you line up and what your strong suits are against other applicants. And so one thing that I had was just creativity. And so that night I picked up my phone. I didn't have any followers on TikTok at this point, by the way. The only TikTok followers I had, which I actually will say, I think it was around like maybe seven or 8,000 was from one video that I posted before going out with my friends in college. My friend Emily was wearing this button down cardigan and it had a hole like where her belly button was. So like the buttons would go in a line, whatever. And I posted a video of me sticking my finger into her belly button. And for whatever reason, the men were eating it up. And so at the time I gained like maybe seven or 8,000 followers. They weren't like legitimate accounts. It wasn't real engagement or anything. So um, I'm very proud to say that my demographics now have shifted from like a hundred percent male audience to now, I think it's like four or 5% male audience, which is a huge accomplishment for me. Having a female based audience is like the most empowering thing possible. So I post this video. It's like a resume just kind of going through, well, literally my resume, exactly what I just said. And I didn't think anything of it, fell asleep, woke up the next morning and the video was starting to do really well. It had like 12,000 followers um, and it it had like maybe 25,000 likes or something. I'd have to go back and look at what the actual stats were, but it doesn't matter. All that to say, a couple days later, I get a call and TikTok asks me to interview. It takes me about two and a half weeks of interviews over Zoom, over the phone to be offered the job as a brand development manager. So I didn't get the account manager role, which I think was actually like a step above the BDM role. And I was one of the first 12 people hired at the TikTok Austin office, which is insane because now their office is like so huge. There's a couple hundred people on their team. And it's just so wild to think back on like how much life has changed since then. So I'm freaking the fuck out out. I am like on the phone with them in my college house. I'm on my bed. My friend Taylor has a video of me getting the actual job offer and we're just freaking out. I remember I celebrated that night by drinking a double bottle of Moscato. And at the time they had just come out with their new flavors. They had like an apple flavor, some type of strawberry flavor and it's Moscato too. So it's just straight sugar. I wish I would have had a water boy at the time because I was definitely 100% hung over the next day from celebrating that night. But then life just kind of flashed before my eyes. It was like, I got the job. And then a couple days later, I graduated college virtually. And then a couple days later after that, I packed up the house and I moved back home. And I had about a month and a half in my hometown to hang out with some of my high school friends before packing everything else up and then moving to Austin. So sure enough, the day comes where I'm leaving Painesville, Ohio. I have two car fulls, two cars full of all of my stuff. And it's funny, the day before I moved, I actually sprained my ankle. This is funny. I was making a TikTok with my cousin and I was running through the yard. I literally sprained my ankle the night before I was moving to Austin to work for TikTok by making a TikTok. 
it's just, it was very ironic. So Aaron, my sister, Aaron, which by the way, I have two sisters, Aaron, who is 27 and Sydney, who is 29 turning 30 soon in June. Um, I'm the youngest I'm 25. She ended up driving my car with me. And then my parents also drove and Sydney, my oldest sister, she lives in San Antonio. So it's only about an hour from Austin. So we pack up, move to Austin, we get there. I'm not kidding you. We get to Austin and I'm getting all of these messages about how, oh my gosh, TikTok is being banned in the US. Like, are you gonna lose your job? It was when Trump had come out with that statement about how like he was gonna take TikTok away. And then right after that, um, they announced that Austin was shutting down and everything was gonna be closed from COVID, which up until this point, Texas had been like pretty open since so many of their businesses are outdoors and it didn't affect them as much. But so I'm freaking out like, oh my gosh, am I going to lose my job? Also, I don't know anyone here. I knew one guy who was a mutual friend, but guys are not the same as having a girlfriend. There's just a different type of comfort with a girlfriend. And so sure enough, I start my job. Um, I was working remote, which when I accepted the job, I was told that after like about a month or two, we'd move into the office. It was going to be this really elaborate office. We were going to have um, a nacho cheese fountain, <laughs> which is kind of like an inside joke with TikTok. Um, one of the higher ups in the Austin office, which if you're listening to this and you work at TikTok, I'm sure you know who I'm talking about. Um, we'd always talk about a, a cheese queso fountain. So I never got the cheese queso fountain, but they did actually send one, a, found, a fondue fountain to everyone's house and they sent us all a block of Velveeta cheese and so one day after work we had a social hour where we literally made fondue together and that those are some of the types of things that I had when I was starting my first full-time job so it was just a really really weird transition to go from being in college you're living somewhere where every single person around you, like, yeah, you have different interests, but you're all in the same phase of life to an extent. You're all going to class every day. You're all involved in some type of like club organization. You're all working a part-time job and we're all around the same age. And then all of a sudden, one day you're either back in your hometown or you're moving to a different place and everyone around you is just moving at completely different speeds. You're doing something every single day instead of going to like different classes throughout the week. And your first job, it hits you really hard. It's a huge, huge transition, especially working from home. I just felt like very lonely and my job in advertising was not my strong suit. So by the way, I'm still convinced that I was a personality hire because there's no way in hell that I actually had the qualifications to do my job. I didn't know anything about advertising. I didn't know anything about the, the technology world or pixels or CPM or ROI, all of those things. And so when I started my full-time job, it was not only like the lifestyle shift, but it was also the smack in the face that like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. And I've always been the type of person that like, I love my job. I identify my personality with my job, whether it was at the dress store selling t-shirts or then working at Sherry Hill. And so when my job didn't feel like myself and I didn't feel like I was really good at it, it started to become this thing that I just really not regret because I don't regret my job by any means. I'm so grateful for my experience at TikTok, but I just had this moment where I felt really insecure in what I was doing, but because of the nature of how I got the job and the fact that I was working for this incredible startup tech company that's like booming in the world, it it held this weight of like trying to show that I 
was loving it and I had like the perfect job because on paper I did and I knew that I was so fortunate to have been given that opportunity but at the end of the day I just wasn't passionate about that job in the same way that I had been about all of my other jobs and I think I was just expecting to feel that same type of passion and interest and motivation and so when I didn't have it it was really discouraging I remember calling my mom a couple times and crying because I was like I don't know what I'm doing it feels like no matter how hard I try I'm just not picking it up and I'm just not good at it and I kept comparing myself to other people who worked in the space whether they were coming from Facebook or um, Lyft, Uber, Amazon, Spotify some of the really impressive people that I was working around and I just felt like, I don't know. But then over time, things got better. I started catching on, a couple months passed by. I start getting into the swing of things. I have a good routine set. And I got to this point where I just realized like, what am I doing? (laughs) Like seriously, what am I doing? I don't enjoy what I'm doing nine to five. Most people don't, a lot of people don't. And I owe it to myself. If I don't like what I'm doing from nine to five, then I owe it to myself to get out of my house and go do something that I do enjoy doing because otherwise I just noticed that so much of my time was flashing by and it'd be like I was just counting down until the weekend every single weekend. And I would, because I was constantly counting down until the weekend, I would overload my weekends with nonstop plans and I would push myself past my social battery, past my physical health to the extent that I'd be like, okay, let's go out Thursday night. Let's go out Friday night. And then you're, you're hungover Saturday morning. So you go to brunch on Saturday morning and you're drinking again. And then you go out at night and then it's Sunday fun day. And then of course it just starts all over again. It's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, still dreadful. Okay. At least Thursday is Friday Eve. And so I noticed this like negative pattern, I guess, where I was just falling into this like really mundane routine and there's nothing wrong with routine. I think routine is good. It sets a schedule for you. It helps you build confidence. Um, But my routine was just not, it didn't have any sense of like joy to it, if that makes sense. So after work, I would just like stay at home. I would put on something on Netflix and then I would just like go to bed. And I realized that a lot of my other peers as well were kind of dealing with this thought of like, oh my God, this is just what life is. Because it's the first time after college that you just get smacked in the face with reality of like, holy shit, we're just supposed to work the rest of our lives. And like, this is it. One day, maybe we'll get like a promotion or maybe we'll get a raise or maybe we'll be able to like retire early or something. But most people, like you're not going to retire for 60 years. So what does that put me at? 40 plus years of just doing this nonstop waking up every single day like that. I couldn't live with that. I, I hated the idea of doing that. And so I don't, I don't think there was ever one instinct moment where I just had this like crazy mind shift change. I think it was over time. I just realized that I was saying no to certain plans or opportunities, whether it's like, Oh, let's go to a concert tonight or there's this event going on or there's a festival or let's go to dinner, whatever the plan was, I started using like the weekday kind of as an excuse, just like a lot of people do. I mean, when you think about even high school, if you want to have a sleepover with your girlfriend, your parents are probably going to tell you, no, it's a, it's a weekday. It's, it's a weeknight. You can't have a sleepover, but why, why not? Why not? If we're going to be going to school for four years, why could we not just like do something on a weekday night? You're going to go to college and you're going to go blackout on a Tuesday night on ladies night. So why can I not have a sleepover on a Tuesday night in high school? And so then when you think about your life after college, it's like, well, 
if I'm going to work for the next 40, 40 plus years, why should I not have a sleepover with my girlfriend on a Tuesday night? Just because we both work at 9am. Like, and so I just started thinking about, oh my God, this is like kind of really sad. I'm just living for the weekend and I'm missing so much time to find joy in every day that I really should find joy in. Another thing too is, like I mentioned, when I was rediscovering myself in Austin for the first time, I felt like I had a very clear sense of who I was when I was graduating college. I knew exactly who I was, what my goals were, what I saw for my future. And then a couple months later, I was in a new environment. I had new friends. I was in a new city. I had a new job and I lost that. And I didn't know who I was at all, which is like very, very normal. A lot of us go through that. And so I realized that if I only give myself the weekends to figure out who I am at at where I am right now, then it's going to take way longer to ever feel secure in myself, to ever find confidence, to ever know like what I actually want to be. And so it was kind of those few mindsets that I had where I was like, I should just start having fun on weekdays. And so I shared this in a TikTok Um, one random day while I was on a walk to go get coffee about this whole mindset. It's like, well, my life looks fun because I don't wait for the weekend to have fun. And I don't use the day of the week as an excuse for why I can't do something. And so a lot of people resonated with it. And so all of a sudden this fun on weekdays phrase became this like really loved idea of a way that so many of us were feeling, but we didn't really know the way to talk about it. I think a lot of us were also a little bit fearful to talk about it because when you're getting into your first job or your second job or a new employer, you obviously don't want to talk negatively about your employer. But I think I realized it had nothing to do with TikTok at all. They were a great company. I loved working there and I have nothing bad to say. I'm so incredibly grateful for that opportunity because it's led to where I am now. But it's just the job wasn't for me. And after a year, I knew that I had this feeling where it was like, if I don't move to a different department, then I just don't feel like I'm being utilized to my best ability because I have so much more to give to you guys, but I can't give it to you in this role that is like putting me into a box of something that I'm not even like a passionate about B super good at. Oh, I think I skipped a letter, but you get what I'm trying to say, right? So after a year of working at TikTok throughout all of this, as I was sharing the whole story of, you know, posting my resume online and then moving to Austin and then trying to meet new friends and going on dates and moving into a new apartment, all these things, people started kind of following my journey of finding myself post-grad. And along that, I started working with brands on TikTok and I was just doing it here and there. It was never like a full-time job. And candidly, I have a lot of videos in my drafts of me saying I would never be a full-time influencer, but life is crazy. Sometimes your perspective changes. And for me, after a year working at TikTok, I had my yearly review and I talked to them about possibility of moving into like the events team or the marketing team. And um, there was just no opportunity for me to move at the time. And I was going to be doing another year in this account role. And I just thought to myself, like, I don't know. I don't know if I can do this. And so I was looking at other jobs at the time to leave TikTok and go to a different type of job. And actually, I had talked to Mike and Connor a lot about quitting TikTok and going to work for Waterboy. 
And I didn't want to sever that relationship because at the time I was, and by the way, Connor is now my boyfriend. Um, and Waterboy is a hangover hydration company, if you're new here. And they had just started around the time that I was starting um, on TikTok as well. And so I thought about going and working for them, but I had a huge crush on Connor. And we were like kind of talking, kind of exclusive. And I didn't want anything to happen if I became like their full-time employee. So I went back and forth on it, whatever. And then sure enough, like those two became a really great mentor for me because they both came from like the startup space. They both quit their jobs that were more traditional, that were very highly respected. Like Connor came from Goldman Sachs. I forget what Mike did, but when I think about, sharing that I was going to quit my job at TikTok after I made this huge fuss about getting the job and how it's like my dream job and all these things. I felt a sense of guilt, but I knew ultimately that it was the best step for me. And so I quit my job with the intention to do social media full time and just like kind of figure it out. Because at the end of the day, if I didn't want to do social media full time, then I could go and find another job. But I did have social media to kind of fall back on. And I just realized that I had a lot of opportunities on social media that I had to turn down because of my corporate job at TikTok. And it blurred a lot of lines between partnerships and like brands that I could work with. And so I just like took a chance. I quit my job and I told myself I'm going to channel all of my energy now into fun on weekdays. So my first episode of fun on weekdays came out in July of 2021 And about a month and a half later, I had shared that I quit my job. (laughs) And obviously, I know that there's people listening to this that probably were like maybe a little bit upset about that. But I think it's so interesting that people will celebrate you going and working for this traditional company, a traditional nine to five, but they don't celebrate you working for yourself and building your own business the same way. And it's like, why? Because when you celebrate one and not the other, it makes people feel like they have to be put into this box of like, well, this is what I have to do. I'm like confined by this in order to be relatable or accepted or liked or supported. But once you go out on your own, I felt like I had this really weird sense of like guilt. And a lot of people had said, well, fun on weekdays was started around the nine to five. And to that, I have to say, People will work their entire life, whether you consider it work or not. Work is subjective. Whether you think that me doing a podcast is work or not, it is work because I'm sitting here, I'm taking my time every single day to record a podcast, to do social media, to send out a newsletter, to coordinate events, to design merch, all these things. Whether you think a hairstylist is work or not because they get to play with people's hair and it's fun and it's a pretty job or a doctor or a teacher whatever your job is, or like being a bartender, everyone has a job of some sort. Unless your family is like insanely rich and you don't have to work, that would be, that would be really ideal. I would love that. (laughs) But everyone has to work at some point, whether it's a nine to five or it's an overnight shift or it's three hours of the day, everyone has to work. It doesn't matter what hours you do. But my whole thing with fun on weekdays is that regardless of work, what, however you're making your money, like you have to give time to yourself to find joy in every single day because without that, without spending time for yourself, like you're never gonna, going to know who you are. And since so much of my personality has identified with my jobs, I found it that much more important to take time outside of my job to know who I am as 
an individual. And I'll be honest, like in the past year, especially the past few months, I've really, really struggled with that. Because like I said, I had a clear sense of who I was and then I moved to Austin. I didn't know who I was. And then I kind of settled down. And as I started fun on weekdays, I knew who I was. I was very confident in myself. And that's why I started the podcast. That's why I had the courage to like take a chance on myself. But then after I quit and after I heard that people, and when I say people, it's like a very small group of people. And I hate to dwell. One of my things for the new year is to not like, is to just spend more time listening to people who support me. Because at the end of the day, there's always going to be someone who's rooting against you and there's going to be someone who's rooting for you. So spend more energy on the people who are rooting for you and lifting you up because it will do you so much better. It'll give you just so much more confidence in yourself. So in the past couple of months, like I said, I lost myself again. Like truly, I, I didn't know what I was passionate about. The only thing that I knew about was like fun on weekdays. And I shared that before I shared that I was feeling lost and unfulfilled and I didn't really know what my goals were. And over the past month, taking it off from podcasting, I feel like I've genuinely found it again. And the way that I found that ironically was through fun on weekdays. And I don't mean the actual podcast and actual like brand. I mean, having fun myself on weekdays. Wednesday nights are my date nights. Monday nights are my nights with my girlfriends. And the other, the other two or three nights I do something for myself with a friend or like something self-care, hanging out with my dog, whatever it is. I feel like I've become more confident in myself again. And so fun on weekdays podcast is meant to encourage you to go after whatever it is in life that you want. It's meant to encourage you to not just reserve fun for the weekday for the weekend. Fun should not be a reward where it's the fact that oh, I have to work so hard during the week and I get to reward myself with this fun thing on the weekend. Life shouldn't be like that. You should be able to reward yourself every single day with a with a piece of joy. It's also meant to remind you that there are thousands of people that feel the exact same way that you do. Even though you might tell yourself, oh, I'm alone in this. I feel lonely. I feel lost. Guess what? There's thousands, tens of thousands, probably millions of people that feel the exact same way. My goal of Fun on Weekdays podcast is to provide a space where you feel like you are more than just your job, where you're encouraged to have fun every single day of the week, not just the weekends, where you're encouraged to go after your dreams, no matter how big or unachievable they may feel. And a space where you know that you can meet a friend, another listener, another follower who feels the exact same way as maybe going through a similar life change or a challenge. And for me to overall be a friend to you, whether you're listening to this episode in your car, on a walk, while you're sitting at work, or maybe before bed, you're all listening to this episode for some reason. Whether it's because you feel unmotivated right now, you're feeling unfulfilled in your job, questioning your career, you're struggling in your relationship, just looking for advice, you're looking for new friends, whatever it is, you're listening to this episode. And this very well may even be your fun on weekdays. So the podcast will continue to have honest conversations about the challenges of life trying to balance your work, personal, relationships, friends, mental, physical health. There will be more solo episodes just like this one. I'll have on some of my dear friends, some of my listeners. So yes, that's you. If you'd like to be on my podcast, you can go to my website. It's funonweekdays.com. Tell me a little bit about yourself and your story, why you'd like to be on the podcast. And I'll also have 
professionals from different industries on the podcast as well to share their experience of how they got to where they are and what Fun on Weekdays means to them. A lot has changed over the past year and a half since I started Fun on Weekdays. My idea of what was fun has changed immensely. When I started this podcast, I'm not gonna lie, I was going out on Rainy Street almost every single night. I was drinking a lot. I was going out and my idea of fun did revolve around drinking. But to anyone listening, I just want you to know that your idea of fun is so subjective to you. Your idea of fun is also going to change as you continue to evolve as well. Your idea of fun when you're 22 years old, I can guarantee you is not going to be the same idea of fun when you're 35 or 60 years old. And that is perfectly okay. This podcast is here to share the evolution of how fun changes, how our perspectives on life, our values, our dreams and aspirations, how almost everything in life is going to continuously change. And in order to adapt to those changes, you owe yourself time on weekdays to have fun. So that is the story of who I am, how Fun on Weekdays was started, and what it means to me now. Let me catch you guys up to speed on what has happened in the past month that I've been away. First of all, you may have noticed that I painted this wall, which pissed a lot of people off on TikTok. As I'm sitting here now, I'm realizing that it kind of looks like a doctor's, like a patient's waiting room. I almost feel like I'm sitting here waiting to be called back into the doctor's office for like a UTI screening. I don't know. If you guys are not getting that same vibe, maybe this will stay. I'm pretty indecisive, so maybe I'll paint over it in a couple weeks, but we have a new setup recording situation here. I have a second camera. So if you guys are not already subscribed, go over to our YouTube channel. If you are a visual listener, I'm very, very happy to share with you our YouTube channel because we've made a lot of improvements. I hired a girl named Liv, who is now our video editor. Give it up for Liv. Woo! <laughs> In addition to Liv, I've also hired some other people as well, including my sister, Erin, who is now going to be taking care of the newsletters. Go ahead and sign up for the newsletter if you want to be kept up to date on all things fun on weekdays, whether that is upcoming events, exclusive discounts, merch drops, new episodes, all the things. You can sign up for that on my Instagram page. It's in the newsletter highlight. I also hired Gabby, Gabrielle. She is my first full-time hire and she is our creative marketing manager, aka she does our graphic design and she is the one that designs our Instagram. So while you're signing up for the newsletter, take a second to appreciate how much cuter the Instagram is now that she has started. She also just helps with everything design related and she's a photographer, videographer, and so she'll be traveling with me to events to take content. And my last edition, who I actually just found out today, she just texted me before I started um, recording this episode is Hallie and she would be my full-time event director. It's really crazy because now that I have employees, I'm thinking of how I can really incorporate fun on weekdays into our job here in the office and how I can encourage my employees to have fun outside of work and outside of the fun on weekdays office. So I'm excited to share that journey with you as well. Like I mentioned, I hired an event director, which means I have a ton of events planned for 2023. And the best way to keep up to date with that is through the newsletter. If you're not already in my Facebook pages, I have a main Facebook page, which shares all things fun on weekdays, whether it's different events happening in different cities, travel recommendations, book clubs, walking clubs, just overall connecting with different listeners and followers in the Facebook page. I also have a roommates page. If you're looking to find a roommate or a sublease, I have a buy sell page. 
And I also have a networking page. So if you're on the job hunt and you're you're not finding any luck, turn over to the Facebook page because I have a feeling you may be able to find something in there. I have been busy recording some amazing episodes with different guests that I'm so excited for them to come out. Episodes will come out every single Tuesday on Spotify, Apple, and YouTube. And in addition to the Instagram page, you can also follow along on the podcast on Fun on Weekdays on TikTok as well. Some other things that happened just quickly before we wrap up the episode, I wanted to say thank you to everyone in New York City that came to my first event of the new year. We had a happy hour at Make Believe Rooftop, which by the way was so on brand. It was like all pink and orange up there. It was so cute. There were 125 of you guys that came out. We had a great night sipping on espresso martinis, eating chicken wings, and an upcoming episode recaps the event. In addition, I also hosted our first nonprofit event of the year. It was for St. Louis House of Austin. We raised $4,249 through a clothing pop-up donation drive. So whether you donated clothes, you came to the event and you purchased clothes, or you made a general donation, or you just supported the event, thank you so much. I will continue to host different nonprofit events and social events throughout the year. And I think that kind of concludes everything, you guys. First episode of 2023, how'd I do? If you enjoyed this episode, feel free to leave me a review here on Apple or Spotify. And that's it. I'll talk to you guys next Tuesday on Valentine's Day. Bye, guys. (laughs)